0: everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Simino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me as sometimes as a very special guest, as you can see from the title of this episode, We are back on the InRealDeep podcast, and we are back for a very, very important reason. That is to delve into maybe what will end up being the biggest movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. We had to talk about it. It's a sensation. It's sweeping the nation. It's sweeping the world. Everyone cannot shut up in sharing their Endgame takes, and so, of course, the InRealDeep podcast must participate And as such, I've brought on a guest who has been many times featured on this show. He often comes on to talk about Marvel. He sometimes comes on to talk about Fast and Furious. He's a jack of all trades in so many ways. Of course, I'm talking about Hulk. Hello, Hulk. Welcome back to the Unreal Deep Podcast.
1: Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me again. I'm looking very forward to talking about (laughs) Vengees.
0: We are talking Vengees. Did I come up with Vengees or did someone else come up with Vengees? Because I've been saying it a lot. But you may have come up with it or our friend Walt. Do you remember where this came from?
1: It definitely wasn't me. So it was either you or possibly Walt. So I can't take credit for it, but it's the only way to call it now.
0: (laughs) It's great to call it Vengees. For all you fans out there, just cut the A, do a little apostrophe, and then put a G's at the end instead of jurors and you got Vengees, and we are here to talk Vengees. Hulk, I know you are a big fan of these movies, as am I. I believe you've seen all of them, I have seen all of them. We are here at Endgame. I would love to hear your thoughts in general. You just saw it relatively recently. What were your two cents coming out of the movie? Did it meet expectations? And I guess also, what were your expectations?
1: Yeah, I actually ended up seeing this thing two or three days ago, so I, I kind of watched it after the hype. I, I mean, I guess the hype train's still rolling, but uh, I avoid all spoilers, watch this three-hour movie. And I will say, I walked out of there, and that was not the movie I was expecting. O- overall, I liked it. I'll, I'll put that out there. But um, it felt a lot more grounded than Infinity War. But I have to say, I liked it. I'm I'm gonna use Infinity War. I know the Russo's are saying this wasn't one movie split in two, but I can't help but make it one movie split in two sure. in my mind. Um, I liked Infinity War a lot more, and that's because I feel like Infinity War was Thanos driven, and I really liked Thanos as a villain. And uh, is this going to be a spoiler filled uh, review here? Yes,
0: yes, please. If you, oh, that's a great disclaimer to give to everybody. You've probably seen it already because you're listening to this podcast, but in some world where you haven't. Probably turn it off right now because we're gonna spoil everything. So,
1: okay. So, and then within within 20, you know, watching Infinity War multiple times, especially it's on it's on Netflix right now. So I definitely watched it at least two times in the last two weeks, probably. And then, so I really got into Thanos, and then within 20 minutes of Endgame, they just cut Thanos' head <laughs> off. Which, in my, I'm watching like, all right, this, this can't be the, the thing because you know he has Reality Stone. He'll just this is all fake. He's he'll come back. And then, like, that was it. That was the end of the Thanos that we, as 2019 kind of know, 2018. Yep. And then, you know, then, of course, it gets into it. And I'm just going to keep speaking generally here. But uh, overall, I liked the movie. I feel like no matter – I know it was sort of meta in its approach to time travel. I feel time travel never works And how they kind of resolve the whole situation with the Infinity Stones. And I'm definitely going to need a second viewing to probably appreciate the movie more. Um So after I saw Infinity War for the second time, I actually liked it a lot more, and it probably became my favorite, if not my second favorite Marvel movie. Wow. Um, I've got a feeling that Endgame might actually be worse on its second view, only because now that now the hype's gone, um, and then because I like Thanos so much, it's a lot of not Thanos in this movie. (laughs) So I'm gonna see how honestly I'm gonna see how it goes. But overall, I, overall, I'm gonna say I, I enjoyed the movie. It's not my favorite Marvel movie. It might not even be in my top five, but I still enjoyed it.
0: So you touched on something that I find I think is the my complaint with it because I feel largely the same way you do in that entertained, can't help but hold it up to the other ones. Do not think it held up to the other ones in either way. But I will say, I did you like that Thanos was killed in the Because I actually weirdly predicted that to my brother. I was reading, not spoilers, but theories, and one of the theories was thanos for whatever reason is weakened because of using the stones and in the end they're obviously super pissed and they kill him which i think as a storyline conceit makes a lot of sense because getting him out of the way allows them to to in some ways open the playing field up so all of a sudden the big bad is unexpectedly killed now it's like okay but you still can't undo what they do so it adds a little bit of sticks to it like they've 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 killed the bad guy but it changes nothing there's no you know victory there's no joy in it it was just a very vicious decapitation so did you find that to be intriguing or did, did could you not help but get over the idea that this meant the best character from the first one the first one being infinity war is now gone
1: well here's the problem so we, we watched him get his head cut off but between the marketing and various whatnot i knew there was additional fano scenes so i figured Either this is not real Thanos, or somehow Thanos is coming back in, in this movie. So I, while I knew Thanos was dead, I knew that wasn't the end of Thanos in this movie. Um, I definitely, I will say, I mean, that scene was was definitely unexpected to me. But my problem is with that part, because again, I like the Thanos from Infinity War, like the super, like I'm gonna call it. He, what he was doing was clearly, you know, a selfish thing, but he was in his mind doing it for altruistic reasons, trying to make everybody prosper with food and whatever by kind of half the population and you know he always said cool you know philosophical things and cool mumblings and josh brolin voice <laughs> yeah. and they so they killed that the version of thanos and then the thanos that we got afterwards is sort of like i'm angry bad guy from any marvel movie and it wasn't like the philosophical i'm doing the right thing thanos anymore so yeah. like thought they truly, they truly cut off the head of the thanos i liked and then just put in Ultron, Thanos, for yep. lack of a better term, and it's like, all right, I don't care about the Thanos.
0: Yeah, you touched on two great points there. Obviously, the first one, you're totally right, and I hadn't thought about it in that way. But they really did neuter the Thanos character, on, on purpose, I'm sure. Like they wanted to use a more immature version who wasn't who hasn't gone on his down his path yet. So that that's gonna be a letdown in the tone, right? Because like you said, Thanos from Infinity War was so great. But the other element of this movie that I think is pervasive the entire time that you can't get away from is that so much of it is going to be undone. You knew there was going to be time travel. You knew everyone from the first movie was coming back at one point. You you, you knew, like, obviously there was hopefully going to be ramifications, and certainly there were, and we'll talk about some of the big deaths and how they hit, but... A lot of the movie you knew was going to be undone or could be undone in five minutes, in 20 minutes, in two hours. Like There was just a sense the entire time that a lot of this doesn't matter. And I think what made Infinity War so great is even with the dusting at the end, which, again, we we, we did know that was going to be undone. In, in, in End Game, we didn't know it was going to be called End Game at that point, but we knew that Black Panther and Spider-Man and everyone was coming back. But we didn't know how, we didn't know when, we didn't know why. It was there was a big gap in between. It was a great cliffhanger. There, there was a El, Infinity War felt like the stakes were real and. It, it was it was a big comic book moment in that way. Like I think you were talking about, Endgame was grounded. Endgame was more realistic in some ways in terms of like person to person interactions and character development. Like they tried to do a lot of that, but at the same time, there was this sense I couldn't get away from of okay, I'm just waiting for them to get to the realization of how to fix things or to the like. There was just there was a sense that it was gonna be you knew how it was gonna end, and so you were just sort of waiting for the ending. And I feel like that took a lot of the bite out of it.
1: And I agree. I think.
0: You're going, you know, waiting for the ending.
1: I was in my head, I'm like, I'm uh, in my head, I'm like, so which of these main characters going to die? It's going to be Captain America or Tony Stark, and you know what other extraneous Avengers are going to die. So what, why, like, you know, waiting for any? In my head, I'm like, I know everything was coming back, but who's ultimately going to die from this thing? So and, and I'm in the same premise as you, like, I knew everything was coming back, everybody was coming back. That's the whole point of this movie is them bringing everybody back. But so I just assumed that was going to happen, and what sort of took away from like the middle. I'm, going I guess, hour and a half of all, like, the time traveling, like, uh, I don't, I didn't necessarily enjoy, like, rehashing, like, scenes from the old movies, but I get, like, the whole point of the this particular movie, Endgame, I, I don't want to do it any disservice, because it's, I, the Russo brothers, again, described it as two different movies, and I definitely felt it was two different movies, but it, to me, it's just one big story, so I'm calling it one movie, but, um, you know, how each character kind of went back into their original movies to sort of pick out the infinity stone and that was cool like it felt like 80s time traveling hijinks i thought it was super (laughs) i thought it was very convenient um to the point of like cringe where these stones that were that created the universe are scattered throughout the universe three of them happen to be in new
0: york city at the same time (laughs) at some point i mean it's the center of the world man it's like it's the it's it's a crazy new york city it's always a full energy yeah i'm like that's weirdly convenient for,
1: <laughs> just in terms of like the chances of like these three things being there yeah they could um, have been then, in like
0: beijing or budapest there's a lot of other big cities that could have conceived and that's, they had a and, and, and that's just
1: me being nitpick it's not even like a real you know beef with the movie i thought it was like hilarious like oh this this is the place it just happens to be
0: oh thank god um, we only have five time travel capital capsules but we get all we can all go back to this city anyway so no one cares
1: yeah and i i did enjoy how you know, kind of ran on that time travel stuff again how it was self-aware that time travel is persnickety where they started like rattling off movies where there was also time travel and everybody knows that it's a problem to sort of agree to that time travel is weird and just accept that it worked. it can change stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind, I know the time travel stuff has gotten a lot of flack afterwards, I didn't particularly mind it, I didn't love it, I certainly wasn't I think I think so much of that felt like fan service to me, just like hey guys, thanks for watching 21 22 movies with us, let's take a trip down memory lane and let's pop into your favorite movies like Thor 2 and <laughs> the <laughs> end of Vengie's 1 and it was you know, I, I thought it was fine I love seeing like Robert Redford and Tilda Swinton, like they, have, they brought back some of these fringy uh characters who either died or were Rene russo like these were not the linchpins of the series necessarily but it was fun to see all that like i didn't hate it but it the movie the whole movie to me felt so much like a series of moments as opposed to like a like if infin- and i think that part of that is just the build is so much easier than the resolution like infinity war just kept building our expectations and it was fun to see everyone together and it was just like and the way they did it was so organic and natural and it was just really exciting and in this one they have to undo all the work they did and sort of tell a larger story and kill off a bunch of people and have it make some sense and bring time travel in so it was just it was really hard to stick this landing like I think in terms of degree of difficulty this was even harder than Infinity War and I already gave them tons of props in Infinity War for having that come together remotely as well as it did so I have to give them credit for this one it does hang together relatively well but still so much of it did feel like yay you guys are crazy super fans we're super fans let's make a movie that makes everybody cheer so I, I, that's not the worst thing in the world and i certainly cheered and i certainly got emotional and i certainly got into it but when i walked away i wasn't like yeah that i was, <laughs> it was it was easy to sort of poke holes or once the magic of the theater was gone it was like eh, was that really good <laughs> or was i just was i caught up in the moment Exactly. And, and I think that's why it's going to be a second view for me. Um, and then
1: you know how like undoing stuff and continuing on the greater, the, the newer story for that particular movie. I will say that opening scene with uh, Hawkeye and his family, that got me in the feels. Like mm-hmm. what a scene that opened with like Hawkeye being the family man, teaching his daughter how to shoot arrows and then everyone just gets dusted. he's like, what is happening? I thought, like, it was a really powerful scene to open up the movie with.
0: And opening, and I did, like, it's a little thing, but when they ran the the Marvel Studios, uh, like, little thing at the beginning, and they played the traffic song, Dear Mr. Fantasy, instead of the Marvel theme, that was a nice little, like, I like little things like that. I like, that did give me a sense of, like, okay, shit's pretty dire, and, like... Things are not great, and this is a little different experience than the ones you're getting into. And so, I'd like there there were little things that I certainly was a fan of, for sure. And I I think in my review up on nrealdeep.com, you'll you'll see that certainly didn't dislike it whatsoever. But but some holes for sure. So let's talk about some of those holes for instance. You and I haven't talked about this. It's a little bit of a touchy subject just because I know what they were going for and we're not the target audience for it and I want to offer my own disclaimer up front that if anyone was inspired by this scene, God bless them, that's great and I totally get what they're going for. But Scooting ahead a little bit to the end when there is the now talked about girl power moment when all of the female Vengies characters get together and fight Thanos and, you know, there's 12 of them or so and it's meant to be an inspiring moment, but I've read many people, male and female, who are like this scene really highlights just how bad all of these characters are and like how poorly developed they are and how little they've been used up to this point. Like I know what they were going for and I don't think it's a bad impulse at all and it's also a one two-minute scene in a 180-minute movie. So ultimately, who cares? But I, I felt like if they were going to – it sort of felt like a pat on – it felt like an inspirational moment for the fans, but also a little bit of a pat on the back. Like, look at our female characters. But when those female characters are not very good and you've done very little to make them matter, it just feels like something maybe you shouldn't be highlighting with such fervor, you know? Um, I don't know if I – it's tough. So it's like
1: – I can't say I fully agree. So let's say you don't I mean how do you start putting female superheroes forward without at least doing starting with scenes? I'm gonna call me is that like a, a positive baby step maybe for Marvel in terms of that? Yeah, that's um, fair. So I, I feel like you gotta you, you have to start somewhere. I'm not saying and they probably sort of started started, you know, in earlier years, <laughs> yeah. but how do you I mean, how do you not do it at this point, in this point in time in twenty nineteen? Um so I didn't I didn't get the same like I didn't feel the backlash in that sense. I'm like, it was more like to me, it was more like a, finally they're, you know, actually putting some of these female characters forward. Um, I mean, my problem with the scene was like Captain Marvel is slid to be the most powerful creature in the universe as it stands. She doesn't need somebody with no superpowers standing in front of her. She just <laughs> Superman flew through everybody, you know, to like deliver the infinity Gauntlet to wherever it was going. So that part was the, you know, the biggest beef for me, but that was more of the context of that particular universe. But getting back to the social aspect of it, I felt like that's a scene that because it happened, it's a baby step forward. So I, I don't really see the negativity to it because I feel like you can't develop every side character in every movie. Um,
0: yeah, that's a fair point. And if, and, if, and, and again it's it's one very very incredibly short scene in a very long movie so it's totally and i would never be the kind of person to write like a think piece about this shit or anything like that like i know some people's jobs are to do that it's it's, it was it was if this is the start of them focusing more on that you know with with captain marvel being sort of the initial foray and then now giving their female characters development and a reason to exist and more of a story as, as opposed to just being there for the sake of being there that's great then then this will retroactively make more sense to me and be better i I just wish they had done, like you said, I wish they had done a better job earlier on of making these characters matter. So when they do come together, you're like, whoa, cool. Like, this is pretty great. They're all, like, this is a deserved moment. For now, it just felt like they were doing it because. You know, they were doing it because why not? They should like after, after Captain Marvel, after some of the shit they got, they were they were they were going to take a little plunge there, and but again, not not offensive in the least was not a big deal, but I saw other people I definitely rolled my eyes a little bit in, in the sense of I wish this studio had done more to deserve this moment as opposed to just sort of manufacturing it for the sake of doing it.
1: Oh, the moment definitely, definitely felt manufactured. <laughs> yeah. But like, if, if you like break it down to a math equation, I'm taking that moment as a net positive versus whatever angry Twitter is kind of adding to the
0: equation. Sure. Angry Twitter is, is the worst place to go to read about that scene. <laughs> <So Yeah. definitely. laughs> Twitter is the worst place to go for a lot of reasons these days, but that's certainly one of them. And I will say one of the things I did like about the movie is Karen Gillan as Nebula. I, she was one of the characters who got a lot of focus for a change, and for a character that, you know, has been around for a while now, and has been irrelevant for a good chunk of that time, I care about her more, and I am not mad that she's still around, even though Thanos has been dispatched, and they should be all set, I, I like the character, and I'm glad, and she was definitely one of, I felt like her, and maybe Ant-Man, and Hawkeye, and a few others, either got, like, their final moments, or got, you know, reasons to exist beyond their initial creation, and so, that was fun to see some of those characters here that are not not getting that um, that end to their expected story, but a little bit of a twist and turn, a little bit of an extension, a little more going on. And I think Nebula was one of the one of the characters that certainly benefited from from a more of a increased focus.
1: No, I definitely agree with that. Um, if whenever Guardians originally came out, the original Guardians movie, if you held a gun to my head and said, "Oh, this Nebula character is going to be like a linchpin for the final," <laughs> you know. Story arc for this, like, of these twenty-two movies. I would have said that's stupid. And then, in Guardians Two came out. If you said that, I would have said that's also not going to happen. And then Infinity War came out. And you said Nebula is going to be the key. I be like, no, that doesn't make sense. But like, <laughs> I like, I think it's just a testament, to like, Marvel's, you know, or Mar- Marvel Studios kind of like game planning this thing out and like how Nebula being like half robot, like, I guess that makes like that's a thing that could happen. I guess. Like yeah. I really, I. And how, like, she opened up, like, that scene with uh, Tony Stark on the ship, you know, uh, playing uh, uh, paper football. It was, like, that's her, like, trying to become, quote-unquote, more human or nicer, I guess I'll call it. But I really they actually, like, developed her a lot within that three hours.
0: Yeah. Was, she was, she and was... the point where she was, like,
1: to the point where she was, like, winking at the camera and killing her past kind of thing
0: like <laughs> yeah. i hate my
1: i hate my mean self i'm just gonna you know be the, this is the end of it
0: yep and now i'm good and yay for me yeah <laughs> but no i i agree i i, I like that i liked her
1: character and i liked how i'm assuming she's gonna go forward at you know in the other uh, guardians movie i think
0: yeah Well, we'll talk about that in a second because I definitely want to get to, you know, where they go from here. But before we get there, we can't talk about Endgame without talking about the three big deaths that occurred in terms of heroes. What did you think? Let's talk about Black Widow first. I, I guess it made sense in the context of the scene that she would sacrifice herself so Hawkeye can be with his family. But weird didn't sort of came out of nowhere i thought didn't resonate the way you would expect you know didn't feel like a character who has also been around for so long and has been so relevant i guess it was very heroic but i feel like they could have come up with a better way if they were going to dispatch such a long lesson character like scarjo black widow they could have done they could have made it i guess it had oomph but it had oomph within the story i don't know it just didn't feel built to did you did you feel the same way or did you think they did a good job
1: I honestly thought that was going to conclude with Hawkeye taking the hit there mm-hmm. only because we, we know black widow's got another movie coming out, but I, in my head, I guess that's going to be a pre- origin story now. I guess. Um, I, I don't know what, you know, or a parallel story. I don't know where they're going with that, but you're right. It didn't have the, I don't think it had the impact that, especially because they're going back to the well, with that same stone, like the impact came from Gamora dying there. Yeah. I just did not feel that. They sh- I think they should have chosen a different route to get a different you know, as severe impact as Gamora dying there. Um, I just didn't, I'm just like, okay, I guess Black Widow's dead now. I honestly expected her to come back at some point later in the movie because it just didn't feel impactful to me.
0: Yep, I concur. It was, I, you're to, I didn't even think about it that way, but you're totally right. The Having fake Hugo Weaving basically go through the same spiel with, with those two as they did with Thanos and Gamora. It was like, oh, we've seen this already, and I guess that means we know what's going to happen, that she'll really be dead. But, yeah, it just did not – it felt like a weird way to send out one of the, you know, top – five, six characters this entire saga. But whatever, it was fine because what we all paid for and we all wanted to see was the two departures at the end, Iron Man and Captain America. We'll talk Cap last because I think that was fine, but certainly obviously a lot less uh, murderous but or, or or sacrificial at least. But I thought the Iron Man scene was – unbelievably good, super emotional. It was probably guaranteed to be anyway because of how much Robert Downey Jr. has meant to this whole thing. But, man, I thought they did it perfectly. I thought um, the way – and my friend actually mentioned this to me a few days ago, and I'm stealing his thought, but the way he didn't give a speech at the end the way he just sort of was so messed up from what he did that he just is sort of there for a second he sees his people he loves and then he dies that was great I'm so glad he didn't get any other quips or any other monologues at the end and they just took him out and it was it was vicious and it was perfect and and they made it and and it felt like a sacrifice that even his loved ones were like yep had to do that you know there was there's just no regrets there's no funny stuff it's just straight great. Yeah, I will be honest, I didn't think they
1: were both gonna die in this movie. And I thought it was gonna be Cap only because I I really had I had really no reason actually. I think it's just because I, I just got the vibe that Cap was gonna die instead. Um I so my problem with is that like at that point in the movie, again, I, I I thought it was a very powerful scene, but I'm I'm more getting nitpicky into the choices. It's sort of like similar to how uh, Black Widow was killed. Like at that point by the time iron man snapping his fingers with i guess the new 30 gauntlet that was like the fourth snap in these two movies so in the first movie they make the snap like this humongous deal half of the universe is gone and then there's three snaps in this movie and by the time he's snapping his fingers again i'm like we're going back to the well again with another way to (laughs) but again again that's me being nitpicky but i thought it was like but when you really break it down i thought it was really cool because they established that his suit is all in the nanotechnology and it's almost like fluid. And so when he grabbed Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet, it interfaced with his suit, and he just like kind of like absorbed the stones into his suit. So if you re- if you break it down, I thought it was really well orchestrated, and I liked how they he just did his one line from the original Iron Man movie, and that was it. And he snapped his fingers, and it was done.
0: Yeah, it was. I thought I, I you you're not wrong at all. I do think they. They devalue the snaps and the stones uh, considerably in this one, given sort of what you, sort of what you said before. Convenient that they're all in New York. Convenient that they can all grab them through the magic of time travel in like an hour, when it took millennia to gather them otherwise. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was, it's sort of like on Dragon Ball Z, which I know you know very well. Sometimes the the Dragon Balls, when, when I feel like when they're first introduced, it's like it's impossible to to get all these together, and then the, during the show they proceed again to together dozens of times whenever they need them for narrative purposes. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then in
1: these other Marvel movies, they establish that holding Infinity Stones, you have to be, like, half-God or half-immortal and whatnot. And then they make, in the original Infinity in Infinity War, they make the fact that the uh, the Peter Dinklage character, I forget, I, I can't recall his name. How know. He, you know, big, the,
0: big Peter the, Dinklage?
1: Yeah, where I they have to go to, like, a dying star at this giant forge to create any weapons that can hold the Infinity Stone, because he created the Infinity Gauntlet. And then... Tony Stark, like, I guess we'll just build it in my garage, too. <laughs> like, they, I feel like this the the threat is devalued so much by that point. Where then, because Thanos is, you know, half half Titan. Um, Quill is half uh, whatever, stellar being, whatever he was. So they can handle these Infinity Stones. Then then Hulk can do it. I'm like, all right, I guess Hulk can do it because he's Hulk and he's powerful. Then it's, oh, Iron Man can hold these things, too. Yeah. So, like, the stone, I, I don't know. It just felt, again, I'm getting nitpicky in terms of the scene. Um, but I think the mean... emotional the, the emotional impact was definitely I agree with you on that, but I Don't like how they did it.
0: But see, you're—I think you're—with a movie like this, I think you're allowed to get nitpicky because they—they have created this huge backstory in the comics and in the movies. They, their whole thing is like, get invested, see all of them care so much. You know, we're tying the whole thread together. So if then the fans are like, well, you know, for you hurt the narrative by devout, like you, you told us to pay attention to all these elements, and then you sort of didn't change them at the end, but tweaked them a little bit, made them less. Made them less interesting. Made it easier to just tell the story. I think we're allowed to get a little frustrated at that because they want us to give a shit, then they can't then get mad at us if they say, "Oh, you care too much now." It's like, well, sorry, guys. Like you made you made this ridiculous <laughs> giant. You know two dozen movie crazy universe and now you want us to just sit back and go on the ride like no you you created the army of super fans and now you suffer when they get pissy at you you know like and you're right it's you're not just getting mad because you're being you're not being nitpicky just because you are a nerd with your own wiki page and you want things to be precise it, it changes the story a little bit or the changes suit the story in a way that's maybe not negative but feels a little cheap and so that's I feel like that's the path they went a little bit with this and if that hurts if that hurts your enjoyment of the movie a little bit I think that's fair obviously you're not throwing it in the garbage because they they change the way the stones work but it's a little annoying and it, and it takes you out of the movie and it's just it's just not exactly what you're looking for
1: right yeah if any it was this whole it was a three-hour movie dedicated to collecting these things that created the universe and only this guy can create it with only this weapon created from a you know a dying star and then by the next movie it's like I guess anybody can hold this thing <laughs> or make or make a a, a pog collector furred <laughs> in your garage kind of thing <laughs> yeah. but that's just against me being cynical about it No, let's not... talk i have a question for you how do you feel about what i'm going to call the uh the subtle fourth death of cool stoner thor <laughs> <laughs> from from like shakespearean character from thor one to uh fat you know, to quote Tony Stark Lebowski uh, in Endgame.
0: <laughs> Do you mean that this Thor's full evolution to the Ragnarok character and now even more ridiculous than that?
1: Yeah, I thought they, le- I like, I like Ragnarok Thor, but I thought they leaned a little too hard. I mean, I get the whole point. Like, that's what he's experiencing is like a, a true like symptom of depression and sadness. But I feel like they almost leaned in too hard to the Ragnarok Thor.
0: Yeah, so I... They, like
1: this pull back a little bit.
0: I I'm, I I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt there, just because they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna do Thor with the Guardians next, which would be really fun. And I, but but I do feel like there is there's a sort of quote unquote cheap element to that too, where. Because Thor's fat and depressed and a bit of a slub now, he's less, you don't have to, he he isn't, like, Thor's another character like Captain Marvel, where who, they can just dominate anything if they really want to, in theory, so, and Hulk, I guess, to a certain extent, falls in this category, so they do need to come up with some sort of reason why he, and now she, cannot just show up and blow everybody up and save the day so i guess thor being sort of a fat loser serves that purpose to a certain extent and like we'll allow him and quill to be on more equal footing if they do become co-guardian leader buddies but yeah i mean it's it's, it was a lot i i i assume they'll maybe retcon out of it a little bit or, or at least tweak it a little bit for whatever his next appearance might be but it wasn't my cup of tea i get the sense that you did not love it either maybe no i liked i liked
1: uh ragnarok thor i like thor taking himself not as seriously i love that version of thor it's silly but he's also hyper powerful um i just think they again they they, i think they knew they struck gold with that version of thor and they just went a little too far a little too hard in the paint for this particular version of it
0: yeah i would concur and but i mean i don't think anyone really misses thor one and two thor you know, I think that's like you said. I think that transition away from that more regal, oh, that's great. stoic yeah. character is great. But especially because Hemsworth is funny and charming, and like I'm glad they're giving him more room to be that. Like most, one of the cool things about all these movies, I will say, is they've given all Evans and Hemsworth and everyone has been allowed their their character, which in the comics or in the backstory might be a little more stoic and calm and leadery. Like they've allowed them all to become fun, which is great because Evans and Hemsworth are, are funny actors and they have good comedic timing and like. The The moments that, especially from Evans' standpoint, the moments they let Captain America be funny are few and far between, but they do resonate a little more because especially given what he's been through and how frustrated he is, like, you you get that he would probably, maybe not loosen up, but become a different Captain America than he was, you know, five, six, seven uh, universe years ago, so. Oh,
1: yeah, and it's great because I feel like as the character Captain America and Steve Rogers, he's not, like, supposed to be an inherently funny guy, and he's funny accidentally almost, like, in the context of the universe yeah like what back in i think it was ultron where you know he he tells tony stark to like watch his language something of that nature and it's like it's not necessarily a joke for captain america but for us it's a joke because he's so in such a serious situation he's still being like captain dad to everybody and like that kind of stuff i loved how chris evans pulled that off really well yep i totally but, agree. and then of course they, then he dropped saying like oh yeah that is america's ass and like that's doesn't feel like captain america. Yeah, I didn't love like that. Say.
0: I like the the idea behind that line. I didn't particularly love that line so much, but yeah. whatever, it's fine. Let's talk about yeah, Chris Evans though, who is now presumably dearly departed from the series. How did that um how did that sort of convoluted but but ultimately nice turn of events take you?
1: Um, you know what? I didn't mind it. Um I thought it was a good role for the actual Captain America character where he was so selfless, you know, you know, in in Infinity War, we don't trade lives, yada, yada, yada. He was uh, military. He went through the world wars and all that kind of stuff. And then he almost like 180, I'm going to call it selfish, but it's not really selfish. But he decided to rather than come back and like live where he, you know, in his actual present, he decided to actually live a life and go back to this woman he's been regretting. He never had a chance to be with his whole life. I thought it was a good send off and a good quote unquote reward for the character of captain America for everything he's been through. He actually was rewarded with a good life and got married to the person he loved.
0: Yeah, and I, and I love the idea storyline-wise that when, you know, as, as in the modern time when he was going into the machine to go put the stones back and then, you know, five seconds later you see old man Steve Rogers sitting on the bench. I love the idea of in real life Steve Rogers getting in his car or on a bus or something and going to the Avengers <laughs> facility and, like, timing it perfectly so he's sitting on the bench right when, you know, this all happens. Because presumably he, was, he walked right by everybody and was like, oh, they're doing the thing. Good, I made it on time. And he gets his spot, he feeds the duck. He like sort of hunkers down. Yeah,
1: he gets a, he, but he can't drive because he's a little too he's a little too old. So he has to get like in an old timey yellow cab. Yeah, get, get dropped <laughs> get, get dropped off there,
0: but sort of sneak in so they can you know because yeah. he don't want he doesn't want them to know he's there. It's the event they're not letting people just come right in. So
1: which I th- I think's hilarious, but again, like to me with that scene, I like the send off for Captain America, but if I think too hard about it, I can't help but like thinking about the time travel. So there was another Steve Rogers like watching all like Ultron and the attack on new york and everything happened
0: yeah as like as like so an like, old ish but still not that old man at, i remember that i could, could call him and
1: tell i could call him and tell him what to do but i won't do it
0: yeah because i can't but so even like, they've already established that you can't you can we well, can change i guess but you, you can only change your one universe you can't change the other universe so maybe he looked at it that way like well in my universe we won so i'm just not going to worry about it and i'll you know let let all those yeah, new it, yorkers it, die in the battle of new york because whatever
1: yeah, again, it's one of those things like don't think about the time travel, just accept it for what it is. And then, but overall, like get back to your question, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good send off for Cap. Um, I can't say I've read a bunch of Captain America comics, but I do know that Sam Wilson did eventually is it, either currently or did become the new Captain America, so that wasn't necessarily a surprise for me. Um, that he is, I'm assuming he's now officially, you know, Captain America. I'm not sure if they're actually going to make him Cap.
0: I don't movies, know if they'll call him from what I've been able to glean. I don't think they're going to change his name, but I think like co- I could see his code name becoming Captain America, like something like that. But I don't think he's going to like wear the Captain America arm. or maybe there'll be a moment in the next big movie where he puts it on, you know, but I don't believe that he will just become Captain America like tomorrow, but I could see it being a fun audience pop moment down the line. Yeah. And that, that'd be a cool thing if they don't go to that,
1: go to that pond right away, like wait a few years and maybe have him a cameo in some other movie. I don't know. Yeah, like, he puts Um, the shield
0: in his locker, and he's like, okay, when I need this, I'm going to use it. For now, I got wings, and I'm really good at the flying stuff, so I'm going to do that. And then when I need the shield, I'll go to the shield.
1: Yeah, like, bring up, like, the next big crossover or something like that, where you got to protect some thing. Yeah, I agree.
0: And that's the best segue you could have made, Hulk, because now let's talk about what's next. I wrote about it in my review I think we're all really intrigued. Obviously, there's going to be time. If They may never be able to build to something this big ever again, but either way, they're going to go back to the well, I assume, a little bit. They're, we're going to see some sequels. We're going to see some new Marvel characters introduced. It's going to be a very different universe at a certain point. I don't think they're ever going to come close to matching this ever again. I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Marvel fatigue starts to set in now. We've seen the big movie. We've seen as bombastic and huge and storyline encapsulating as we can. I feel like they are all—they're all, always going to print money, but I just think that you know I, maybe I'll get fatigued too. But I think in general you're going to see the audiences taper down a little bit because I think we're all going to wait to see what they have next. And frankly, I'm just not sure that people are going to be as excited for what comes next because I think it's going to be very difficult to compare.
1: And I agree. And I imagine the fatigue will affect that too. But these 22 movies—and even though he wasn't in all of them—Robert Downey Jr. was the absolute anchor of the Marvel thematic universe him as Tony Stark like that honestly that that made the whole thing and I, the fact that he's gone and I've heard some rumors that Captain Marvel is the new main character I've heard rumors that Doctor Strange is going to be the new quote unquote like Tony Stark like playboy type character I didn't inherently like either one of those movies <laughs> but I'm not saying they're not they're, they're bad but they they just didn't do it for me in that yes. sense in terms of like the character that is Tony Stark being played by Robert Downey Jr so I really if they want to in my opinion, if they want to continue on and like really keep going but at the rate they're going, they need to find that sweet spot of this actor is absolutely portraying this character perfectly, and then kind of anchor it off that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, I think they they've made their bones. I think for my, the thing I love more than anything, I, I like the the general tone of these movies, the way they're mostly comedic and they can still be emotional here and there. But the casting has just been so great. Downey Jr., top of that list, unbelievable, so perfect in this role. Couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. They've cast everyone else pretty well. Like, I don't think – I was talking to a friend about this. I don't think Brie Larson is necessarily bad as Captain Marvel. I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch is bad as Doctor Strange. I just don't think there's a ton to do with either of those characters. And even if they're even at their peak, I don't think they could ever match up to the best of the best. Like, people always like to say, you know, oh, Iron Man wasn't that well-known, Captain Marvel like, – Hulk, Thor weren't that well known. I'm like, what are you talking about? They were top ten Marvel characters. Like, maybe they weren't all Wolverine or Spider-Man, but they were right there. They were super beloved characters, especially Captain America. Like, they had a ton to work with with these initial, fo- you know, the initial Avengers and they hit almost all of them out of the park. Some of them, you know, are some of the best performances you're going to see in any of these comic movies. So, they just have some work to do going forward. And doesn't mean they can't find something about Doctor Strange. Especially if they keep getting all mystical and alien and, and Spacey, there's a lot, of, you know, and, and I guess the real X-Factor is with the new Fox purchase, they have access to the Fantastic Four, to the X-Men, to Doctor Doom, to, to so they, they have Galactus, they have a lot of characters now that if they want to build in that direction, they can. I don't know how the hell they incorporate all that in there, but I think if you can maybe bring in a couple, you know, new leaders in that area, or new villains. If they did Doctor Doom right, they could, you know, I don't think he could be a thanos Necessarily, because Thanos is this space monster who is, you know, has a wig wide arc. But Doctor Doom is maybe the best villain Marvel has otherwise. Like, I would love to see them go that way. And as we said in Infinity War, building a great villain makes your, your heroes look that much better.
1: I agree. And, I've, you know, being the kind of things I'm into, of course, I've speculated like, with this Fox merger, how, what, you know, what path to go down. And Doctor Doom is definitely towards the top of that list. And maybe don't make him the Thanos, you know, 22 movie, you know, endgame type character but he certainly could be the next you know big bad for an avengers movie Have, have you know dr doom built over several movies and kind of like be an in-between like an ultron or something like that yeah. um and Ho- then hopefully have... better than Ultron. <laughs> i'm like i don't bit. think anyone you know, deserves the fate of being an ultron and like, credit scene oh see i think you can interview like silver surfer and galactus without fantastic four and like silver surfer shows up in, a, in like a post credits like two seconds and then basically cause silver surfer is con- considered the harbinger of galactus yeah and so then again i'm going down a rabbit hole here now with just you know fan theory but um again i don't, I don't know which direction they're going to go cause we know we have spider-man we know we have black panther 2 we, we know we have black widow and based off how like th- they're saying this movie and i wouldn't be surprised if they bring thanos back at some point because there is like stories of like silver surfer and resurrection of thanos and all sorts of stuff like that again is it good to go back to the well i don't know but
0: yeah It'll be interesting. I have I I've long my stance on these movies has long been these are it's um it's amazing how well they've made most, if not all of them, and how much I've enjoyed most if not all of them but I'm just very curious at this point to see where they go like what they've done so far is unprecedented but now if they you know if they want to reclimb this hill and keep being ambitious there's just a lot of groundwork they need to lay and I hope they have the. they showed so much patience that's one thing we don't talk about a ton like they they didn't most of these don't feel rushed or forced or you know in in terms of like the movie planning like I said it feels like we took a very logical progression in terms of characters and development to get here are they going to have the patience to do 20 more movies like they probably should If they want to get to something this big again, do we want to see all 20? I don't know. Do we want to see all these new characters? I don't know. But either way, I did appreciate the fact that they laid the groundwork. I think that's really important in telling a story. And I'm curious to see whether they choose to do that again or whether they shoot their WAD a little faster because they're just, you know, impatience kicks in.
1: True. And maybe these 22 movies, like, took like 22 movies to get to Endgame. Maybe the fact that we have these 22 movies and the people now know what Marvel's doing. Maybe they could do it like a little faster, maybe in like fifteen movies kind of thing. I don't know, like still. It, <laughs> I both, I both so, am excited for like, that, but I'm like, do, that's a lot, lot of like,
0: movies, man. Jeez. Even if you did two
1: movies a year, that's like seven. That's like over seven years from now until yeah. we see the next big thing. You know, yep. I'll be probably was a scary way to put it in my 40s by the time the next your quote, son unquote, will Thanos. be in like
0: third grade or <laughs> yeah by the time the next Thanos comes around which <laughs>
1: is disheartening but
0: here we are it's weird for sure but that's been the joy of this whole journey though I will say I, I, again, I'm not sure if I want to go on another one I'm not sure how the other one is going to work but it's been cool it's been unique it's been nothing like it has ever been attempted or achieved and so I cannot help but review these movies talk about these movies without saying without offering some Sort of broad kudos or general, you know, high levels of praise for it because it's just not anything we've seen before, and it, and the fact that egos didn't get in the way. Like, like, you're a Fast and the Furious fan. Look how, you know, seven movies in, that's splintering, and everyone's pissed at each other. Like, it's really hard to keep something like this together for this long, and they pulled it off. And it, it's 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 uh, it's unprecedented in a in a very cool way.
1: Yeah, I, I just again overarching Marvel Studios or you know Marvel if Marvel Studios. They definitely pulled something very Mm -hmm. unique off. I fully agree.
0: Oh, as we talked about, my review is up on InRealDeep.com. We have a bunch of other good stuff coming. The summer movie season is about to hit. There'll be lots of content for everybody. Go and subscribe to our podcast. They're everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find the in Real Deep podcast in all those places. We have a bunch of archives. Go back and listen to all of our episodes. They are all there. Hulk, thank you so much for joining us. It was a treat. Uh, hopefully we'll get together for Venom 2, Cole, and Carnage sometime in the near future. That will be. I think that will be the pinnacle of of our podcasting and friendship existence.
1: No, I definitely appreciate it. and Thanks for coming on, or let me have me come on for this movie. And I'll hopefully I'm back on for Avengers underscore the next one.
0: And you will be back on for Hobbs and Shaw too. Let's not kid ourselves. That's not too far away. And you are definitely, you're going to be returning in the, as long as you can get a babysitter, you'll be back. I, I will save you a spot on the Hobbs and Shaw podcast.
1: That might be the pinnacle movie-going <laughs> yeah, experience be, for me. <laughs> I'm going to
0: say, I think I think the pinnacle of our friendship is the Carnage movie, but the pinnacle of your life is the Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> movie. Your son I being born, just, your wedding, and Hobbs and Shaw have got to be one, two, three.
1: Just give me a Viking funeral after that.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it very much. And we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios.